Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Wednesday, the 25th of July, 2018. A historic day for TalkSport. It was. our new signing. Yeah, our new signing, John Motson. Yeah, Motty. He came Everyone in. Everyone thought he'd retire, but he hadn't. He no. just left the BBC. That's right. He's uh, he, he was on great to form. have him. Great to have him on good form. Uh, we had a bit of a chat, of course. Mm. Uh, quite a lot of interesting stuff. We we spoke about a new film. Which yeah, I really. It's enjoy. called Kaiser. It's it's an un- literally an unbelievable story, uh, but it sounds fascinating. So you'll hear from the producer and director. And we got down with the YouTube kids. Oh, we did. KSI joined yeah, us. That's right. And uh, he's uh, he's boxing. His second big fight. Uh, yeah. A big crowd. Tickets have been sold. And uh, he was on good form, so you'll hear from him. So, enjoy. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Welcome back. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's so. There I was down uh, down on South Sea Port, there by Brooklyn Bridge, off the no, top of Wall Street. Have you know what I mean? Yeah, they're it's doing it all up. It's very different. It's quite nice down there. Oh, yeah. I wandered down there, and uh, big bus, Manchester City's bus. Incredible. Guys, all people there in there, uh, citizens' t-shirts, and somebody said. Would you like your picture taken with the trophies? And I, I said, well, I could say that old, about as close as I'm going to get to it. But I said, no, I'm a, I'm a Tottenham fan. I don't I'm want to okay. jinx us. I'm all right. But uh, it, it's, it's amazing, really. It's, it's, we talked about this before. I used to see the parallels with City and Spurs. That you know, We were being, let's be mm. honest, City fans back in the day, overshadowed by a local rival. Mm. And it was never easy. And I've always felt a bit of a, uh, a sympathy for them. But yeah. uh, so it is, it's it's incredible the way things have turned around. There they are, in, a global brand. I know, I had a City fan in Russia thank me for my treatment of the team. Really? Went, yeah, one of the blokes turned up at the pub. He said, I thought I was very reasonable to City. Oh. Well, I, I do admire them. I do admire the way they play. I yeah. certainly thought they were great. I think they've proved, they have also yeah. proved to be very good owners. They've been good yeah. for no, the no, they, community. They run it. Locally, the, I read an interesting yeah. article about how they run it and what they're planning. Yeah, and, yeah no, the, you, lots of glass could learn something from it. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, though, <laughs> that I'm impressed by Motti. We met him earlier. He's yeah. wearing the sheepskin in this weather. I mean, I know. You've got it, to hand it to him. It's, it's like, it's, it's like, I mean, those old dedication shirts, England wore at the 1970 <laughs> World Cup. Well, the it's like an Airtex <laughs> sheepskin. I don't know, you can see, the, you just see his skin through it, but it is great. Of it. nice, it's a slightly it? yeah. shorter line. It's not his long, his long length. <laughs> that's true. We should ask him that. See, the hottest conditions he's worn the sheepskin that's, in. because it, When point. it's your trademark, you've got to go with it. Well, I suppose you, you really? do, yeah. If you're opening a supermarket in July. Yeah. You know, people expect. I mean, it's a bit like Harry Hill. We can't just go on with the shirt. He has to have the jacket. It doesn't. Never mind no, the conditions. True. You know, yeah, no, you're, no, you're, you're a slave right. to your image, aren't you? Much yeah. like yourself, Andy. Very much so. Yeah. And uh, ITV oh, are yeah. making the <clears throat> Torville and Dean biopic, oh, the story that's, that's, of their good. life. Yeah. I don't know who's playing the bloke who failed to make Jane laugh in a radio interview. 
Well, maybe you can play it yourself. <laughs> she did laugh. She just went, ha, ha, ha. Oh, yeah, so she didn't yeah. enjoy it. She hung you out to dry, didn't she? She's very sarcastic. I didn't think it was a bad gag. I can't remember what it was. I can't was. remember what it was now, but I just remember the reaction. It was very sarcastic. <laughs> and um, not that I'd ever be anything like that. But the star editorial made mm. no sense that went with mm. the story. They said, ITV are making a movie about legendary Olympic gold medal winners Jane Torville and Christopher Dean's early years yeah. as they battled to become ice skating superstars. Sounds thawsome. You think, well, that's rubbish. If the ice thawed, they wouldn't be able to skate. Mm. Have you seen, um, talking of it, have you seen I, Tonya yet, Andy? Uh, I haven't seen the actual film. I've seen the 30 for 30 documentary Mm. on on the story, so I know the story really well. Um, Well, I I should do the reverse now because, um, excuse me, I feel like I should go and watch the documentary because the film Mm. was excellent. I watched it on the plane. I've not seen it. Margot Robbie. Brilliant performance. Yeah. Um, But... um, Good, it's, it's not particularly sympathetic to her, as you can imagine. You know, no. she's not completely blameless. It's the mum, isn't it? It's the mum was mostly. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a great performance, mm. uh, Alison Janney. But um, no, no, it's well worth seeing. I'd, I'd recommend it. Because okay. you, you look at it and you think, I watched the trailer and I thought, yeah, I kind of feel like I've watched the film. But mm. you haven't. It's, it's, it's worth no, checking all, out. The 30, yeah. I, I, funny enough, the, the wife last night, she went out to watch a three-hour play. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, it, that's about the going rate for a play, isn't well, it? Well, I suppose it is. But, and it was right across <laughs> town. So it was mm. jolly good. So I had a nice... What was the I, play, Andy? I don't know. But I had a lovely window. A window of binge-watching 30 for 30 documentaries. Oh, okay. oh I can, Beautiful. I'm so very happy. We'll talk about those with Martin Okay, Keller. so you like it when your wife goes out, do you? Well, it's, it's very rare. So, mm. yes, it is quite, you know, because often I either watch sport or I have to watch yeah. things, to, you know, not have to, but we watch things together. <laughs> well, you watch Neighbours, don't you, together? It's just a great, yeah, great bonding exercise is, for the pair. That is the thing we do. Uh, Pamela Anderson. Uh, is she coming in? Yeah, hello, Pam. How are you doing? <clears throat> yeah. She's got the red swimsuit on. She looks terrific. Yeah, good. She's to marry her World Cup winning boyfriend, French star Adil Rami. Yeah. 32. Mm. And she's 51. She is, that's right. So I was yeah. thinking about this. So I was thinking, I bet he's been influenced by Macron. You know, Macron, the French president, you think so? his wife is 25 years older than him. So it's kind of more acceptable in French society that, you know, than having an older wife. Yeah. So, you think? Well, I think so. You think he wasn't acceptable before? Well, I don't know if it was or not, but it certainly would have, you know, been fashionable <clears throat> or sort of, you know, sort of seen as acceptable. The fact mm. that a man can, you know, become the French president. And he's got this beautiful wife. Yeah, she's gorgeous. She's well, it's because normally years. the other way around, isn't it? It's well, the that's, president that's right. with the younger wife. That's what you'd normally expect. Like, yeah. you know, Donald Trump and his younger wife. Mm. So Donald he... Trump and his younger <laughs> wife. Please welcome. Yeah. What a great chat. Yeah. And um, David Beckham. You remember yeah. him, don't you? I remember him, yeah, yeah. He's amongst the, he's the top earner in the UK on endorsed Instagram posts. Well, what about that? So they kind of have to... In the old days, you could just sort of say, oh, this is a lovely cup of tea by X, Tetley, say. And uh, <laughs> Other teas are available. <clears throat> and you didn't have to declare that it was a sort of, you mm. know, that you were being paid by Tetley's to say, oh, look at me drinking this well, yeah, okay. delicious. It's not actually, it's Japanese. Uh, oh, okay. I have no relationship <laughs> with Tetley's. Other teas what? are available, including <laughs> yeah. one that used to sponsor this show, but probably never will again. <laughs> oh, Yorkshire. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yorkshire. You don't have to say it. I mean, I'm trying to be subtle, Andy, but I know that's not in your vocab, <laughs> really. not really. No. So anyway, you now have to declare it all so everybody knows how much people earn. And the top five earners uh, on Instagram for sort of, you know, endorsed yeah, photos oh yeah. is David Beckham, $300,000 he got for doing this. Just a loan, just for, just for that. So what did he do? He had a, like a watch on or a hat? Or Probably, a yeah, that sort of idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Adidas, uh, Tudor watches. Yeah, okay. you know, <laughs> Feel free to mention other <laughs> products. <Yeah. laughs> Great, isn't he? No, yeah, remi- okay, yeah, I don't need really. That any. reminds me that last night I was watching a documentary about the 1985 <clears throat> Chicago Bears and Jim McMahon, <clears throat> the legendary uh, quarterback, who oh, was yeah. a rebel, he was a quite a crazy guy and they all got this all this endorsement it was in yeah. really before endorsements really became you know a big thing in mm. sport and he was asked by adidas to wear this headband which was an adidas headband right. and the nfl didn't like it not a puma one then no no they find him <laughs> yeah they find him five thousand dollars which is a lot of money in those days uh the uh, commissioner pete Rizal was was brought into justice. So the next game, which was a big championship game, yeah. he wore a headband and he put Rizel on this headband. Ah. And he, he fortunately for him, he took it as a joke and said, Good. yeah, thanks very much for the free publicity. Ah. So there you go. So, so what about you could command, Andy? Anyway, Gareth, if you've got a product. Gareth Bale second on 185,000. Okay, that's not bad. If, you wanna, if you've got a product and you mm. want to um, get Andy's Instagram patronage, <laughs> 
then tell us uh, what you're doing and what you want to promote. Yeah. And you know, I've only got 100 followers, and I don't we, want any more. <clears throat> we can break it. It's great. I've got 100. You know, you know, Kylie Jenner. Are you? No, I I've got 100 followers. No, and I don't a, want any more. I said this before. I said it to Charlie the other day, and uh, hmm. yeah, it's just a fun thing for me. It's not a. A public form. It's not a window on your world. No, so, uh, you know, but that doesn't stop people wanting to follow me. Radford again. Oh, what a goal! What a goal! Radford, the scorer. Ronnie Radford. Oh, Owen's through again for England. What a chance for the hat trick here. Owen. Oh, this is getting better and better and better. Heskey's to his left on March. Emil Heskey, could it be five? Yes, it is! Platini through the middle. Tigana again. Tigana! Tigana! Platini! Go! Platini! The France with a minute to go! And there it is! The crazy gang of beating the culture club! When you used to work for us, Brian, and you were on television, as you say, in a, in a panellist capacity, I mean, you used to talk about games afterwards and voice an opinion and have your say. As a critic? Mm. Sometimes, far yeah. more qualified than you or any of your colleagues and I suggest you shut up and show more football <laughs> Ryan Clough there of course mm. and yeah. uh, the other voice you heard was the legendary John Motson who mm. uh, as I'm sure you've gathered by now has joined us here mm. at TalkSport will be with us uh, throughout the season and, and we certainly hope beyond uh, joining us Mondays and Fridays here on, on the show and uh, bringing us some commentaries uh, and lots more besides good to see you John well, uh, I have met you two boys before at Cheltenham, of course, haven't I? So yeah. it's not my debut on the show, no, but uh, not, no. I'm very pleased to be here in a more permanent capacity. Looking forward to it. I've met everybody as introductory session today for the first time. And, um, mm. well, I'm looking forward to the, the Premier League and also how we're going to knock it around for the next... However long it is, nine it's months good. or so. We've, yeah, we've signed Barry Davis and Des Lynham as well. I, don't know I thought you might have done. Yeah, yeah, that, that's <laughs> probably true. Actually, yeah, yeah. So, John, you you were making the point I think earlier today. You never really used the word retirement sort of per mm, se. There was no. no plan to not no. do anything. No, no, not at all. I mean, people, it's been very embarrassing actually because ever since I finished at the BBC after well, what was fifty years, which was the agreement that mm. I would move off mm. um people have been shouting at me in the street and winding down windows and saying how's retirement john you know and i and i've kept sort of shrugging and saying well don't ask me i've only been retired a week <laughs> and then within three or four weeks or i think it's probably seven or eight now um you know after the world cup anyway um i found myself here and i no i haven't retired i've i've i've, I've, I've changed clubs no, yeah, it's, it's, it's a jolly good thing too because you know you, you've got all this wealth of experience and your love of football is undiminished, isn't it? Well, I think it's probably more about my memory now, Andy. Because I mean, everywhere I go now, people ask me about what happened when that interview <clears throat> was that one there with Brian Clough, and I've got loads of anecdotes and loads of history mm. and loads of sort of background. <laughs> Whether that still counts <laughs> at my age, I, we'll find out as time goes on. So, but, but I've also got some big thoughts about football now and I've got my little book with me today with all the summer transfers and managerial changes in so I'm keeping mm. up with it as though I'm still starting if you like. You must have enjoyed the World Cup I mean it was uh, we don't have as much experience as you but I go back quite a way and so does Paul I'd say that's one of the best World Cups ever I think it has to be um, I must admit every game offered something didn't it except possibly by one goal draw um, the excitement level the pitches <clears throat> The stadiums, I mean, for all the criticism of the Russians before the World Cup took place, I mean, I think they put up whatever else you think about and they put on a real show mm. and it went really well. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously England, <laughs> we, we, I'm sure you've almost analysed this to, to the point where there's no more to say, but it, England for, exceeded expectations, didn't they? And uh, I, I just, at the end of it, you know, it's a funny thing that I was going to throw this at you two today and see how you reacted because it's a bit of a... I actually think Raheem Sterling had a better World Cup than... Um, Harry Kane? Yeah. Really? Glad you, I'm glad you said the name. Yeah, <laughs> I, know, I know that feeling. Don't Do you know what that. I mean? Well, I mean, like his movement was great in the last two games, yeah. Sterling, and, and Harry wasn't as potent then. And, and I think, I, I just wondered, you know, if Lallana had been fit, would he have played on the right? Mm. You know, there's all sorts of ifs and buts, aren't there? Yeah. Or could 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 Sterling have played on the right and could Deli Ali have played more behind Harry? 
I mean, we'll, we've got a t- we can talk about it for the next four years, can't we? So we're playing it again. The next two years. What was it like, John? This was the first one for how many years that you hadn't worked on? You'd worked on every other World well, Cup? Well, well, yeah, I, I had. Um, it, it was all right. It was, do you know what? I've seen much more of the World Cup mm. than I would have done if I'd been over there commentating. Yeah. Because when you're at home, you see every game and you see every replay and you see every interview when you're out at the World Cup, you do the games you've got to do, but mm. my goodness me, catching up on the rest was mm. a real challenge. Yeah, because you've got so much travelling in between the yeah. games to different parts. Be- before we talk football, um, we were just having a chat downstairs uh, with John, some of the team, and uh, his mobile phone went off. No, that's not it, don't worry. His mobile phone went <laughs> off, and I was shocked and surprised oh, yeah. at uh, Motti's ringtone. And so I'm going to ask the listeners now, we're going to reveal it at quarter to two when I call him. But for now, see if you... It's its pretty random. I mean, you, you take all those thoughts, but you think, OK, it's going to be this, well, it's going to th- be that. We, I think we can tell the listeners that I've always had, um, I was going to say, a, a musical <laughs> item from my lifetime. OK. I mean, I've had Blondie, I've had Buddy Holly, I've had all sorts, Simon and Garfunkel. So I'm giving you the kind of trend of it. OK. But you still, they still won't get it. No, they won't. So <laughs> I would never have gotten a million years. So okay, in Andy. the next 20-odd uh, minutes or so, see okay. if you That's can... Paul. I'm Andy. No, so... I know. I, I was looking at you because you're <laughs> pointing at your notes. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing if you can come up with uh, Motti's ringtone, uh, talksport.com forward slash I, I thought Andy had written it down just then. That was what was <laughs> no, worrying no, me. No, no, Text no, to 81089 <laughs> or tweet to TSHNJ. We all know Andy because his phone goes off about five times a show. <laughs> well, that was... Yeah, yeah that's, that's um, very true. Now, Alan has asked, does Motti have to stand on a table and sing a song as part of his initiation? That's what they do, the football clubs yeah. these days. Yeah, well, I, we won't I, make you do that. No, and especially when you know what the song is on my ringtone. Oh, that, that, that might, I, that cert- might. I certainly won't attempt to ring that. The, the other thing away. that they do, and I, think, yeah, I suppose it's a, lots of clubs, is, is the ear flick. Do you know about this? No, what's this? Have you not seen that? They do it at Chelsea. I think they do it at other clubs. The player, the, the rookie player, mm. in this case, mm. Motti, would run through a gauntlet of us. And we flick his ear. And we flick his ear as he goes past. That, do, that, doesn't, that, that doesn't feel right. <laughs> I, I don't you think know it's what? right. You, know, you won't believe this. <laughs> this used to happen on my local weekly paper mm. in the 60s. Really? Well, if a, a colleague of mine, Roger Jones, used to pull your earlobe as a gesture of, well, not affection, but just, hello, Violent. how are you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's not that new, flicking the no, ear. No. no, no, I've done it myself with many people. Down. Well, you have to be careful these days because people can misinterpret the signal. But mm. no, I mean, that's another one of those rituals that they go through, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. We don't have an initiation ceremony here at No, Talks no, well, don't, don't, we should, don't, we don't start one today, for goodness <laughs> sake. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, and one of the other things mm, you're going to be doing, John, hopefully throughout the season is, is a kind of uh, conversations with yeah, people um, in uh, the game. Well, this is going back to my years of meeting people in football. Um, they, they, the, the talk sport want me to pick a Motti 11. Mm. You know, uh, Andy's nodding at me. I think you understand what I'm talking about. People who mm. I've got to know in the game but sure. never had the chance to really yeah. talk to them at any great length because often, as you know, in our business, Paul, it's true, isn't it? I mm. mean, interviews are like sound bites now, aren't they? Somebody comes on for 40 seconds and that's it. Yeah. But I think this is a more serious approach. Maybe find one or two heroes of mine or people in the past who've got a story to tell that I can help to uncover. And uh, that's going to be a feature mm. that I'm going to be doing for mm. hopefully in the course of the season. Who yeah. are your playing heroes then, John? Who are the ones that you that you kind of look back well, on over the years that you Andy's loved gonna, watching? He's going to like this. Jimmy Greaves at Chelsea yeah. mm-hmm. in his very early days, who I, who I saw when he was 17. and so kind of late 50s, fif- just on the turn of the I'm 50s. On the, I'm on the late 50s, early 60s mm. touch yeah. here, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, years and years ago, when I first went to football, we were living in South London, and my dad took me to Charlton, and my first hero was the goalkeeper, Sam Bartram. Mm-hmm. Well, that is going back, isn't it? I've yeah. established my position now. I'm no good. He's at famous for the flat ball, the, wasn't it? The flat ball, in the, it? And the fog as well. And the fog, yeah, that's yeah. right. Charlton, yeah, quite that's right. right. That's yeah. right. He was red-haired, and he was he was a great character. Six hundred league games for Charlton, mm. um, and uh, as 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 life went on, of course. The heroes got knocked out of you a bit yeah. because when you were working, you couldn't appear to be um, favouring one player over mm. another or a bias was always something I had to be very, very careful about. But I think the overseas players that have come in and bringing this up to date now, the last 20 years or so, I mean, you could single out Eric Cantona, you could single out Thierry Henry, you could certainly single out Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, and these guys have... 
they've become heroes in our country. Mm. That's one of the ways the game has changed. Because, of course, when I started, well, and for many years afterwards, there were no overseas players over here. And I can remember coming back from the World Cup in Argentina in 78, and the first phone call I got was from Keith Birkinshaw. And he said, what do you know about this fella, Ozzy Ardiles? And I had to give him some facts and figures and goals, his record and... Uh, and the next minute he was on a plane and he signed in for Tottenham. Now, that was a revolution. I mean, yeah. that hadn't happened before. Well, it had. there was the odd one here and there for other reasons. But the flood of overseas players into our game, of which I'm in favour, by the way. I know we can debate another time whether this blocks the path of young Englishmen. We must, haven't got time for that perhaps today. But... I think it's been a good thing. I think they've brightened up our game. Mm. I think um, the fans love it. I mean, you've only got to look at... I mean, look at this. The, this little transfer book here. Nearly every name in there... Now, this may not be a good thing for the Premier League. Every name in there, virtually, of a player that's moved clubs this summer is is an overseas player. Mm. Well, of course, there will be the odd exception. But, but golly, it, they, they've taken yeah. over. And, and I, I've lived with it because I've found <clears> it very exciting. You've still got to have mm. eight homegrown players. And I think... That argument is an interesting argument, as you say, about blocking the international pathway. And people used to say that's why England aren't any good. But mm. then we saw they got to the semi-final. Yeah. You know, in '74 they didn't even qualify. In '94 mm. they didn't qualify. This is all basically prior to the Premier League. I know '78 we didn't qualify. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I've, I agree with you. I've never felt that it blocked the path. I, I think it's raised the standards. Me too. Yeah. And 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 they can train with these guys. I mean, when you listen to Ferguson say that Cantona used to go back in the afternoon and take two of the youth teams so he could volley in the crosses mm. when English players were going home, mm. tells you everything. It does. You mentioned Ferguson there and the cult of the manager. That's something that changed, you know, quite a lot over the... the well, not certainly the cult, but the focus on the manager. And uh, you had your run-ins with Sir Alex, oh, didn't you? Oh, yeah, plenty. And with Cluffy and with... Well, with, with all... I mean... Yeah, we, you had your run-ins and then you made it up and then you had another argument and so it went on. I mean, but you had to accept that they they had a position from which they came in. He was confrontational, wasn't he, Sir Alex? And, and, he, and he had his kind of moments when he would bl blow you out. And then, then the next time you saw him, it'd be perfectly OK again. Mm. You'd start again. And I'm sure journalists are having ups and downs. Well, I mean, I, I don't know how they handle Mourinho, but I mean, yesterday no. he wouldn't, wouldn't even answer the question. No, it's, so, it's, it's a funny one, that, yeah. isn't it? I mean... We're going to come back okay. to you know, John Watson's with us. Um, you're asking about some. Uh, I asked you earlier on about John's uh, ringtone. What is it? You'll never guess in a million years. Is it Mr. Brightside by the Killers? Says, uh, well, it, it, that's as random as what it actually is, Paul, in Kettering. No, well, yeah, we look and forward the, to seeing the Well, we've had some more suggestions on the ringtone. Oh, yeah. uh, Firestarter by the Prodigy, a few people have said. Um, be, yeah. Robbie thought maybe that. Ebenezer Good by the uh, Shame. Tubular Bells, about 20 minutes long. I mean, have you never answered it, David? <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> Um, what else did we have come in? Um, pretty vacant by the Sex Pistols. Good call, Blue Mate, but mm. not right. Um, what about the uh, Gab Cancello says the theme from Breakdance Two, Electric Boogaloo. Do you know what? <laughs> you know, the no, prob the problem right. with this is I haven't heard of half of these records <laughs> or the groups. By the way, no, I'm sexy and I, I, I know, know it. I know, I know it. that one. Yeah, yeah it says Gaviar, and uh, the real mm. Slim Shady uh, says Ben. So they've all been uh, making suggestions this afternoon. But John, I'm just about to call you, oh. so we're going to find out. If you put it near the, exactly, yeah. unless I've got the right number. Usually they tell you to turn your phone off when you come into That's radio true. studios, yeah, yeah. don't they? Yeah, so I'll turn mine on. should be ringing now. Right, OK. I'll leave it there. Here we go. Thank goodness. I hope it rings. Here we go. Oh, yeah, here he is. Well, just turn it off. I think you've got enough, though. You've got enough. <laughs> no, that's the next competition. You've got to guess the intro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you could, everybody knows. Space Oddity, John. So, Bowie, um, there we were in the meeting. Off it went. Yeah. I thought, I wasn't expecting that. No, well, I w I'm not surprised because, do you know something? I, I, I've had a lot of different singers on my phone, but what really embarrassed me was when David Bowie died... Mm. I'd never been a Bowie fan. Okay. And um, you remember Ricky George, who came into the Cheltenham with me yeah, that day? Yeah, of course, yeah, the famous and, and, and Hereford I, I, player. I said to him, I said, Ricky, how big was David Bowie? Because he seemed to, <laughs> he just seemed to pass me by. Um, and we discussed this, and all right, I'd, I'd been through all the usual Beatles, Stones, Blondie, and all that. 
But David Bowie, for some reason or other, never quite got to me. Wow. And so yeah. I was so embarrassed, I started asking people questions and I went to see the film with him in and then I realised what an absolute superstar he'd been. <laughs> and, and so I thought, well, I'm going to have to make a gesture here. So I thought, next time I got my son to put, because he has to do it, I can't do it, put a, <laughs> put a song on my phone, <laughs> I said, you better get that, you know, Space Oddity. Wow. And, 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 and do you know something? He's been there longer than anybody else I've had on my phone. That's good. So, That's good. So, <laughs> you came to him late, but uh, you were clearly a fan of his work, which is, mm. uh, which is mm. good news. So, brilliant, John. Well, lovely to see you. And welcome again, as we said. Mm, thank and you. You're going to be popping up with us um, yes. after the big weekend of football on a Monday, and we'll get your yeah. thoughts on the games and hear from the managers and yeah. the players and, and all the fallout and all the big talking points. And then on a Friday, uh, we'll look ahead yeah. to the matches. And we said, you know, some commentary... All being well next season. Yes, as I well, hope so. Yeah, should be good. Yeah, and and the series to look forward to with some of your your, your favourite characters. From characters the game. from the past, yeah. But we'll have a go at it anyway. And um, thanks very much for not throwing me out on the when, first day. Well, we're absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're delighted you haven't retired, John. It's great to have you. No, thank you. Yeah, and we will catch up with you soon. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices. Down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Hawksby and Jacobs uh, here on TalkSport. In this hour, we'll say we chat about a new film, uh, Kaiser, amazing story. Uh, KSI pops in to see us. And uh, Roma fans turned up at the airport to welcome uh, new signing Malcolm. <laughs> but the trouble was, of course, Malcolm had uh, yeah. time for Barcelona instead. I know. Who turns do? up at the airport? With respect, who turns Malcolm. up at the airport to see Malcolm? What unless, unless would, Malcolm's your if, son. If Leo Messi was signing for Spurs, would you turn up at the airport? I've never turned up at the airport. I mean, I, I work on the basis that <laughs> I've paid them a season ticket and I'll see them when they turn up at the ground. <laughs> That's true. But have you ever turned up at the airport to see anybody, Andy? you ever mm. thought to yourself, oh, but Rob Green could be landing soon. I'll turn up at the airport. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you know, I, you know, you know, no, because I realise that he's the third keeper, unlike some Chelsea fans who seem to... Think he's just our signing of the yeah, summer. Well, I think they think he's a replacement for Courtois. I can't believe these people are like do this. I mean, they, they, it doesn't matter anyway. So, uh, uh, Andy, Victoria there was mentioning a proper mm. use of sun cream. Oh, yeah. and uh, It's a proper use of sun cream. Yeah, not... It, there's a What's the that, improper? I, actually, the improper, don't go, don't go you, there. The improper is you don't put enough on. Oh, okay, right. Fair it's enough. It's too thinly smeared. I could have been worse. Say. Yeah, you so, are. I know. So, the other day... That I was, could be... It's almost like John Lewis's uh, catchphrase <laughs> that you've misappropriated. Yeah. Never knowingly under-smeared. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah. And uh, I was sitting on the uh, balcony and thinking... Oh, Black leather speedos. That's the one. And uh, ankle chain. Bandana. USA bandana. I put a hole in my and I forgot that I've got a beard. How can you forget you've got a beard? So you know how you normally put sun cream on. Yeah. He'd spread it all over your face. I forgot I had My a beard. My wife started laughing. She said, well, look, you look For, ridiculous. Uh, Buster like, Merrifield. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Really? Ken Bates. I yeah, really? We used creamy Ken Bates. Did you, <laughs> what a thought. Oh, pardon the expression. Did you start wandering around people saying, 
You want to clear <laughs> off him. Go on, don't. Go on, keep walking down yeah, the road. That's go, right, out, yeah. go and play outside your own house, not mine. <laughs> anyway, um, so so you forgot you had a beard. Yeah. Wow. And uh, there you go. Did it? Did it rub in? I mean, I, I, you know, you can still tan through a beard. You've got to be careful, and you shouldn't be rubbing it into your beard anyway. No, you can't tan through this beard. It's too thick. Now, uh, moving on. <laughs> what it is? Cut to going to casualty, having it shaved off with third degree burns. Honestly, people were turning up at casualty with sunburn. I mean, all the warnings and everything. People are just so thick, aren't they? Why would you not? Why would you get sunburn? Thing is, though, you... once they have got sunburn, and you know, it well, can, then you've it got, can, then it's very it can be very dangerous. Oh, well, it's dangerous you know, and yeah. painful. Yeah. But yeah, the so point I mean, of the matter is, do you want them not to go there? No, I don't want you to get sunburn in the first place. I mean, okay. Heed all the warnings that people say a nanny state. Stay in. Well, don't necessarily stay in, but you know, be sensible. You know, don't okay. don't have a few drinks and fall asleep in the park in the boiling sun with no protection on. No, okay. I suggest it would be a good Wise idea. Words. This and is the bloke who says you can't tan through hair, which is not <laughs> technically true. Uh, so don't, don't listen to him. <laughs> don't listen to me at all. And talking of injuries, mm. uh, this is a good piece in the Times Diary today, uh, that the team's goalkeeping coach, Martin Margotson, yeah. told BBC Wells yesterday that his wife was so excited. He was the England goalie coach, of course. Yeah, of course. His wife was so excited when Jordan Pickford made a save during the penalty shootout against Columbia. Mm. She leapt up and ruptured her Achilles tendon. Oh, no. I know. It's very, very painful. It is painful. And a long-term injury. Yeah. Uh, of course, it was his fault, said Margerson, as his wife contemplated several weeks of hurt. Yeah, it does. That's a very painful uh, Very painful, painful injury. I suppose that's like vested interest, isn't it? Because, I mean, we're all very excited that uh, Jordan Pickford saved the penalty. Mm. And we all went mad. But, you know, if, you were, if you're the wife of the goalkeeping coach, that's a big moment. So yeah, of course. See why she was tremendously excited. <laughs> enough, <laughs> enough to tear her Achilles. Um, Andy, well, I, just, yeah. I was asking that question mm. of you, and I'll mm. ask it of the listeners. Have you ever turned up at the airport? Who was big enough? Who was a, a big enough? Or maybe you've just landed at the airport and you've been surprised to see a huge throng for someone that you probably didn't know who they were. No. So uh, who have you turned up the airport uh, for? Um, because uh, if you turned up for Malcolm in Rome, you're wasting your time. Talksport.com. Well, I think if you turned up for him in Barcelona, you're wasting yeah. your time. Talksport.com <laughs> forward slash H and J. Text eight to eight. going to play is the old Malcolm. TSH and J. Well, I, he may get limited time. I don't know. Yeah, because I mean, they've got Suarez, they've got Messi, they've got uh, Dembele. Well, I suppose he might leave. But uh, yeah. now, from this Saturday, from uh, seven o'clock, uh, all the build up and a fine undercard. Uh, as uh, Dillian White takes on Joseph Park. We've got live boxing for you on Talk Sport. Uh, in the build-up of the fight, uh, Dillian White's been uh, chatting to the press and um, he's been uh, talking about uh, his barber. He says, uh, uh, I pay my barber 20 quid now. He said, I've been, uh, he said, I've been uh, cutting your hair for 15 years, the barber said, and I need a bonus. Now you're making a few quid. Oh, that's fair enough. So uh, he says, yeah. Um, so he's put the money up because uh, Dillian's doing all right for himself. He said, uh, he does it all for me. The towel, pulling out the ingrown hairs. He paints a lovely picture. Dear. It's worth 20 quid. I've never had a beard that's for years. That's cheap. Huh? Cheap. That 20, that's not too bad, is it? But well, compared he was to going like in for a trim. pay, you know, like 250 quid for know. You know, fly well, he's, the bloke over. He's, he's, playing, he's playing 20 quid for that. But the prices have gone up. He's seen a price hike similar because of fame. So mm. um, if, you've, if you've got tales of horrendous price hikes, maybe suddenly you, you thought, hang on, maybe there was a local's price and a price for you. Um, but it might not have been because of fame, but let us know. Um, the, the sudden price hike, talksport.com forward slash H&J, text to 81089 or tweet to TS. H and J. Uh, David Collins remembers mm. uh, you turning up at the airport, Andy. He's Is been he? in touch. He said, didn't Andy tell us he turned up at the airport when Neville Chamberlain returned from Munich with that letter from Hitler? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I don't think he did, though. I don't though, know, I wasn't alive. Um, now, you know when... Uh, I don't think he was being serious. Uh, no, I don't think he was, really. No. Um, when, well, I got this from the court circular. You know when people, ambassadors, leave this country? Yeah, yeah. What happens is that... Uh, some of the Queen sends somebody, one of the marshal of the diplomatic corps, to go and meet the person mm. at, at the High Commission and say thank you very much and bid him farewell and then meet the, the new man. Does he stand there with a board like the, the, the cab drivers? <laughs> this one was ridiculous, though. By command of the Queen, Mr. Alastair Harrison, marshal of the diplomatic corps, yeah. called upon His Excellency, Mr. Roy Blackbeard, I don't know if he's known as Just for Men in wow. the dressing room. At the Royal China Club, 40 to 42 Baker Street. That is a restaurant. That is oh, a yeah, Chinese nice, yeah, yeah. restaurant. It's a very nice dim sum in case you ever fancy that. Yeah. This afternoon, in a, I'm not 
being endorsed by them. Can I say? Yeah, you got in the Beckham, 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 Beckham style. You watch, he's got the lot today. I ought to. The next time I go there, they won't know who I am. Anyway, this <laughs> uh, <laughs> afternoon, in order to bid farewell, in a dialogue going on, His Excellency, upon relinquishing his appointment as High Commissioner to the Republic of Botswana, so it's a very strange thing, isn't it? So he didn't Something go. On. He, he didn't go to the commission to say thanks very much for all he your. Took services. him to a Chinese restaurant. Right. No, he met him at a Chinese restaurant. So he, met, he took him for a Chinese meal. So, <laughs> so he, he met the new bloke. At, what happened to the old no, bloke? The old, the old bloke gone? He said goodbye to the old bloke but at a where? Chinese restaurant. Where? So he said goodbye to the old bloke at a well, Chinese restaurant? Well, he's going back restaurant. to Botswana, I suppose, and then he, <laughs> he's got another... I don't know where he's going. I'm not an expert on Botswana's diplomatic corps. Well, you bring this stuff up and leave too many unanswered questions. <laughs> all I, You've all told I'm me. surprised is that the Queen's envoy went to a Chinese restaurant in Baker Street to, to say to, goodbye to To somebody. say goodbye to Blackbeard. <laughs> Exactly. It's an odd one. You're not making this up. Are you no, all right, not, Andy? Of course I'm not making it up, and I am all right. <laughs> I'm better than the people who are bringing out Gareth Southgate's And you're uh, telling me Rob Green's going to be your first-choice goalkeeper. Is that what you're saying, Andy? No, I'm not. 08717. Have Chelsea gone mad? <laughs> no, not as mad as the people who are producing Gareth Southgate's rushed out autobiography. Oh, yeah. You mentioned them in the World Cup. Well, uh, they're rushing the book out to the point where when they sent the press release mm. out, uh, it was it was courtesy of Gareth Southage. They said the new book on Gareth Southage. So we received an updated uh, yeah. press release uh, today from the company. Yeah, surely they've got it right by now. Yeah. Well, the book, it's Zero to Hero by Garteth Southgate. Garteth. <laughs> Garteth. Uh, the Order of the Garteth. That's one of the uh, awards he's already got. Gar- so we've had, uh, yeah. Gareth Southgate. Gareth Southage and Garteth Southgate. Garteth Southgate. Thankfully, the cover's got his name right, but all the publicity material, which is clearly being rushed out and, and has not required it's a spell not, check. It's brilliant. But uh, I'm interested in Garteth Southgate. If you're Garteth Southgate, you've got a book coming out about you, so uh, I don't know if it's a kiss and tell. That's not even a name, is it? Garteth? Gar- no, there's nobody in the world called Garteth Southgate. Well, no, there isn't. Okay, fantastic. So, a Chinese restaurant, you say. Uh, KSI joins us. Um, shortly, uh, he is, uh, he's got another fight. Twenty-one thousand people, yeah. and he's been uh, training with uh, Floyd Mayweather Senior. I mean, he's putting the hours in. Well, that's fair in. enough, really. Um, I'm not sure the other fellow's going to. Well, he's got a good, you know, he's a good physique on him. I've seen a couple of tweets from the other fellow he's fighting, and the one he sent out today, I'm going to ask. KSI to give him an uppercut for me. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Just based on that tweet. Just based on that, please. Yeah, he's quite annoying, isn't Just he? Just a big, yeah, watched his YouTube proper channel. uppercut from me. Hawksby mm-hmm. and Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sports. Now, uh, KSI, who you'll know from uh, YouTube, is fighting uh, once again. He fought Joe Well in front of a big crowd mm. on YouTube, of course. And uh, he's hungry for more. He's uh, he's got a new fight uh, coming up with uh, fellow YouTuber uh, Logan Paul. Thousand people turned up to the York Hall just for the press conference to see the sort of trade trading of insults. I'd say between the two. The quite, I watched it. It was quite lively. Uh, Twenty one playing it here. The language was quite shocking. Twenty one thousand uh, people look like going to turn up the Manchester Arena to see the fight. And uh, Kasai joins us now. Good afternoon. Yo, what's up? Yeah, well, look, you're you're yeah. back in the ring. Um, was was this always, was this always the plan, or was it just going to be a one-off originally? Uh, it was. Well, at first, it was going to be a one-off, and then uh, I I just enjoyed it. I just enjoy being in the ring and punching people in the face. It's <laughs> it's a it's a great feeling, <laughs> especially when you're good at it. So yeah, I, I thought, yeah, well, I'll, I'll get some more. And yeah. uh, Logan Logan Paul's next, and then after that, we'll see. But. Uh, there's a few options. It's um, oh, go on. I definitely. Sorry. No, go on. Carry on. Sorry. Oh yeah, I was just saying, like, because uh, I, I remember I called out real, uh, real Ferdinand uh, a few months back, but uh, he didn't. He kind of just <laughs> ignored it, uh, and then obviously his whole Betfair thing just went out the water. So that was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, no, obviously, like, I'm always down to fight other people as well. I think if my bro doesn't finish off Jake. Then I'll make sure to fight Jake as well, yeah. and uh, obviously there's the option of going pro, which is very exciting. So. Yeah. it's quite old school though boxing for you, and you know, it's sort of thing you mm. think you you might do sort of FIFA boxing or something like that, which really doesn't <laughs> exist. EA boxing, so, <laughs> you know, but whereas you know, actually physically fighting is a quite, and it's interesting that the kids who follow you on YouTube would mm. be interested in this, you know, because it is an old school pursuit, isn't it, boxing? 
Yeah, well, I feel like I've definitely got uh, the younger generation uh, looking towards um, what I'm doing. Uh, and I guess through it, just getting more fit, uh, more active, and getting excited over a sport that's, you know, like, lots of people say it's violent, but it's actually amazing for someone's, like, physique and keeping fit and everything. Like, I just feel happier ever since I've uh, started boxing. I just feel happier. I feel like my I'm a lot more mature, and uh, I know how to which could tackle sound obstacles a lot more calmly than I used to before. Mm. So I feel like mentally and physically it's helped me boxing. That's so. interesting. It's you've, good. Um, you've been working with Floyd Mayweather Sr., is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was really cool. Uh, I did that when I was in Vegas. Uh, I got jumped after, but that was, that's another thing. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, it's just America. America is crazy. But, uh, yeah, no, I trained uh, with Floyd maybe of a senior and he's a phenomenal guy he mm. has so much knowledge and he's a fast guy as well for his age oh, yeah. he still has got the speed but he taught me a few things which i can't wait to showcase in the fight coming up august 25th so what started out as a bit of fun by the sound of it uh it's kind yeah. of it's got you fit got you you know because andy used to mm. sort of did some boxing and boxing yeah, training yeah, years fun. and it, it's a it's a lev- different level of fitness it really wears you out yeah. doesn't it so it's been good mentally for you and you've subsequently felt you know what well, i wouldn't mind pursuing this even say even to the point of pot- potentially turning pro if you can well, I think I think that's the end goal for me going pro. I just, if anything, want to prove to people that, you know, I used to be a FIFA YouTubing gamer who would just post videos online, and now I'm able to go into the ring with n- no training prior and uh, go into a ring and be a professional mm. boxer. I think that's phenomenal. Like to show that so you're going to be that. better yeah, having put the work in and train with uh, Floyd Mayweather etc and, and you think you're going to be this you're going to look better you're going to look more a bit more stylish in the ring maybe than than last time because you were a real rookie. oh yeah 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 well I was definitely yeah I was 100% a rookie uh when I was fighting Joe I just got through with my sheer power and resilience heart and stamina like I, the amount of runs I did I can't tell you enough man I run so much it's unreal mm just to make sure that I was fit. So, like, I was I was ready to go six rounds with um, with Joe. So uh, to finish him in the third was quite nice for me. Yeah. And to not look as if I even was in a fight was also a bonus. Like, people were asking me after the fight, like, if I was actually even in a fight because I, I was just so clean. But, uh, yeah, no, definitely with this Logan fight, you're going to see a different fighter. You're going to see me look like a real boxer and mm. people are gonna be like wow this guy could actually go pro so yeah. that's good he's uh talking of uh, logan he's quite annoying isn't he really well yeah. i mean I, for example let me just i said andy 10 10 hours ago he uh, he tweeted this chloe that's his girlfriend chloe mm. ju- apparently chloe ju- like i'd know chloe just informed me <laughs> yeah. not a clue uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway chloe just informed me, whoever she is yeah. i'm gonna don't do that again chloe just informed me that the banana is in fact a berry i guess you could say that's bananas uh, lol lol yeah so uh, punch him for me just for that one <laughs> tell him for your free shot at him for me just for that oh, that tweet course, alone of course of course yeah so he, uh, yeah i, I, I imagine there'll be so twenty one thousand people and uh, paper and paper and, view. and, and, and view blimey and uh, but I mean the pay per view isn't that expensive. It's like six pounds. Okay. We I wanted to make sure that I wasn't too pricey. So and compared it's a, to my previous ones or previous pay per views that I know. Twenty fifth, twenty fifth of August. Um, it, it's it's happening. Um, Manchester Arena. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, good. imagine if you if you you know if you if you up your game and you keep fighting and get better, mm. you know, you'd be very attractive to a promoter because you. I mean, it's not many, not many boxers. <laughs> not many boxers come with a ready-made audience of eighteen yeah, million people. Do they? I'm sure. I'm sure Eddie Hearn is. Yeah. Is, is, is very near. Mm. <laughs> but I will see. We'll see. You can go in with AJ then. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> and, and do you know whether Logan Paul has, has fought himself? Has he? Does he got any boxing experience? I mean, he does uh, look. He but, looks like he works out, but that's not the same thing. Yeah, so boxing experience, he doesn't have too much, but uh, he used to be a state champion uh, wrestler. So when he was younger, so 
He knows he knows he knows how to perform yeah. in front of the crowd, so that's not going to phase him at all. That's why you've so. not gone down the MMA route with him. His groundwork clearly. <laughs> he would probably finish me when it comes to <laughs> MMA. MMA is a different kettle of fish. That's yeah. why I'm really staying quite closely to boxing. And your brother's fighting his brother on the on the undercard. Yes. Yeah, oh, it's, uh, it's all a family affair. <laughs> why, why were you wearing a blonde? You, you don't normally wear a blonde wig, do you? In yeah. The, in the press conference. Having what? a pop at him, that's oh, why. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't get that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, I thought, yeah, well, <laughs> of course, exactly. Yeah, sorry. Uh, good to talk to you, and uh, we wish you well in the fight. Thanks for joining us, KSI. Likewise. Take care, guys. There we are. There is KSI there. It's amazing, isn't it? Just generated. But it's, it's that thing I said to you that often a lot of, of a lot of this stuff is just the same. It's just dressed in a different way. That's all it is. It's the <clears> same. What do you mean, Andy? Well, you know, it's just two blokes getting on in a boxing match. It is, but with this sort of veneer of YouTubeness mm. about it, so it gives it a sort of you know a modern appeal. But actually, all it is is two blokes settling an argument in the ring. Yeah. You know, so it's I'm surprised school. you've not taken that route. Andy, over the years, there's been times when uh, when maybe I, I thought that was the only gentlemanly way you would have decided. I'm to take somebody like John on, you know, our producer. I think that would be quite a. Not that I've got any beef with him, but I think, I think it would be put, well matched. If he put the hours in and he, he kind of he, he kept moving, <laughs> he'd eventually of, wear you out. I've got a bit of weight on him. I think I've got a bit of a weight advantage. You've got a weight. He's quicker than you, though. That's I mean, true. he's quicker, and yeah. uh, he'll work. He'll work inside. Although he's not much taller than you. <laughs> no, that's true. But now that is not many people get to say that. You'd have a height and reach <laughs> what a, advantage. What a terrible fight that would be. <laughs> two <laughs> blokes with glasses. We'll get you on the <laughs> two two an old bloke and a younger bloke in glasses. Neither of them would particularly box. Um, <laughs> fight. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I'll I, tell you what. It wouldn't sell out the Manchester Arena like KSI. We might, we might sell out. Yeah. I could be on that. I could be on the undercard. Me and John will be on we the undercard. We may sell out maybe a small section of the Trafford <laughs> Centre. Uh, well, okay. If, we, if we, you versus our producer, we'll see how many. How many? Uh, buy any spares? Buy or sell? Not a lot of interest. Not a lot, not of, interest. lot of interest at the moment. No, not a lot. My dad turned up at Birmingham Airport, says mm. Robin Solihull, to greet the Ray Floyd-led U.S. Ryder Cup team in '89. Uh, we got back to our car, mm. and Dad had had his clubs nicked. He always blamed Ray for this. <laughs> it wasn't Ray's fault, was it? It wasn't Ray's fault, but I can understand why he did. So yeah. anyway, have you ever turned up at the airport, inverted commas? Well, who does? Who turns up at the airport for somebody? Well. I mean, obviously, a, a relative. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Nan. She was, I, I never turn up at the airport. She was there for 12 hours. That's right, the police station uh, took her home. Now, as Annie was saying, he's a man who spent all yesterday evening watching old 30 for 30s. He loves a sports documentary. I, I think we all do. Yeah. So he's certainly going to love this one. It's an amazing tale. It's called Kaiser. Um, and uh, two of the guys who've uh, made it, uh, Louis Miles and Rob Fulham, are here. Good afternoon, guys. How Hello. are you? Um, I th I th yeah, explain kind of roughly what it's all about. I mean, it is quite unbelievable, but it is wonderful that it's true. Yeah, so... Um for a lot of you won't have heard of Carlos Kaiser before, but he is probably the greatest ever con man uh, that's ever existed in not just but um, as we found out from Dr. Kevin Dutton, who's a professor in uh, in uh, psychopaths and con men, and he's worked with Frag Frank Abagnale Jr. and the likes of Howard Marks, he rates him as the greatest con man of all time. Wow. So um, what this guy did, uh, he's he was born um, in Rio, well, he's he was brought up in Rio de Janeiro uh, and wanted to be a footballer, like many, many, many young boys. Um, but he had absolutely no talent. Um, and Brazil's a very hard place to live, and there's not much of a middle class. It's kind of high society, low society, and it's hard to get by. So instead of um, sort of accepting a life of not having very much to do or, or getting into a life of crime, he decided to become a pretend footballer. And what he did was for 26 years, he managed to convince clubs in Brazil and across the world, but specifically um, Rio's top four teams, to give him contracts as a professional footballer. <laughs> and he duped the greatest generation of Brazilian <laughs> players from the 1970s squad right up to the 2002 World Cup squad, the players and managers, to aid in the bet his con. And he took it so far as a con man that he ended up as a Brazilian version of Match of the Day as a pundit, giving analysis 
of how to play football, wow. and he never played a single professional match. Wow. But he did, I was reading, he, he went to training, didn't he, and sort of would work very hard in training, but not with the ball. <laughs> yeah, so basically he was very, very physically fit, and he was in brilliant condition. So what he'd do is he'd turn up a pre-season training, obviously back in the 80s that involved bleep tests, sprints, push-ups, you name it. And he was probably a little level above some of the guys that were pros that were just coming back from their holidays, etc. So he'd look really, really good in those pre-season training sessions. And then as soon as the ball was introduced, he'd go down grabbing his hamstring, his ankle, his calf, whatever else. <laughs> and obviously back then there was no MRI scans. So, you know, a muscle injury was basically how long's a piece of string. Hmm. And obviously he'd spend his time then in with the physios and... By doing that, he'd be able to worm his way in with the people of influence at the clubs, you know, you name it, from club directors to captains of the team, Brazil internationals. He'd be laying on favours for these guys, whether that was nights out, introducing them to women or famous people, politicians, actors. Kaiser kind of had all these guys in his close-knit circle. Wow. I mean, how did you find out Lou, about this story? How did you, it must have felt like gold when you were first told about it. Well, actually, Rob, Rob right here is the man who discovered ah. the story, so I'll let him have that yeah, one. So um, I actually found it a uh, slow day at work one day. I think I was trying to look up where Ali Deer, the uh, the guy of Southampton oh, yeah. fame, mm. who played for about 20 minutes Same for them. Same Everybody always names him. That's yeah, it, yeah. yeah. So I, was, I think I was looking for something on him, and I came across a Reddit forum that had three kind of badly translated paragraphs in Portuguese into English about this guy who'd obviously pulled off a 26-year career as a fake footballer. Couldn't really get my head around it. Wasn't sure if everything was totally true or not, but I was due to meet two mates that night down in the pub. So I sent it over to them. We went down the pub. We were all talking about it. I think during the first pint, it was, well, someone's going to make a cracking film about this. And six, seven pints later, we decided we should do it. (laughs) (laughs) And Um, presumably, I mean, I was also reading that the clubs were embarrassed that they'd been duped by him, which is how he was able to continue doing this, because they didn't want to admit that it had happened. Well, now they don't. Um, so not one single club really wanted to admit it. Um, but at the same time, we were, we, you know, we interviewed obviously managers at the time. So we had the manager of Botafogo, who just nonchalantly announced halfway through the interview that Kaiser um, played him off so much that he was at Botafogo for five years. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and uh, to, to put it in context, now I know a lot of people would have heard of Botafogo. They are one of the biggest of course, clubs in yeah, Brazil, right? Sure. So, but what he would do uh, to go back to the MRI thing, he would he would work out what the Brazil labour laws were. So he knew that once he'd get in there, and if he'd spent longer than a couple of weeks, pulled up injured, they'd have to give him the three month contract as standard. And so that way, he would he would he would have the card that said he was a professional footballer, so he could claim anything. And then he would move from club to club to club. So whilst he was at Botafogo for five years, he was also mm. at Vasco da Gama. He was also at other tiny clubs in Rio. He was also at Fluminense. And and so he would be at all of these clubs all at the same time, fixing everything for everyone. And to put it in context, we, we, we interviewed Carlos Alberto Torres, the captain of the 1970 World Cup uh, team, scorer of the, probably the greatest goal in, in World Cup history. And he said that Carlos Geiser had more influence in Rio de Janeiro than he did. Wow. wow. I, I did sense, Rob. I, um, I, mean, I suppose if you know, you seven pints in, you think, let's make a documentary. But there's, an ob- there's a possibility that people might say, he was a con man, I don't want to talk about him. But you sensed, I mean, you spoke to Bebeto as well, and you sensed a kind of lot of affection for him. They, they seem to, when they reminisce about him, they're laughing, and it's a kind of happy memory. Absolutely. Um, we did over 73 interviews, or I think it was exactly 73 interviews on this. And it took us a very, very long time before we were able to find someone who had a bad word to say about him. It was actually Zico, who was like <laughs> the consummate professional who uh, who did have a bad word. He said it was an affront against the profession of uh, of being a footballer. Mm. But apart from that, you know, you name it, Carlos Alberto, Bebeto, you've got, um, you know, guys like Alexander Torres, who obviously played for Brazil as well. Uh, people like Barranco were very good friends of his. Romario was a mate of his. All of these guys well you know, were, were very, very good mm. friends of his. And I think... A large part of it's due to, in Brazil, they've got something called Jeitinho Brasileiro, which basically means bending or circumventing the rules mm. in order to get your own way. Mm. Obviously, you know, Neymar is someone who's descri- who subscribes to this sort of philosophy, given his antics over the last few weeks. But in Brazil, these sort of characters are revered, and there's a name for them. They're called 171s, which is the penal code for scams and frauds. So <laughs> for a lot of these guys in Brazil... 
you'd get more respect for you know making it or achieving something by bending the rules than you would for actually putting in a serious shift and getting to the same place. Mm. It's the hand of God thing. It's what Tim Vickery yeah. always says mm. to us about the way that the hand of God is viewed yeah, as a moment. It's completely different. It's the artful dodger. It's the man who picks your pocket, and it's, it. it's revered in, in parts of South America. Isn't well, it? Funnily, funnily enough, Tim Vickery, we, uh, when I first heard about the story from Rob and, and Tom and Stefan, um, we, I said, well, Tim Vickery's the guy to speak to on mm. this. And he happened to be in London. And you know Tim, right? He's lovely. And he turns up in his old sort of expat cricket jacket, drinking a lime and soda. Here, well, he's, he's oh, listening to this. Oh, well, he's, he's on in half an hour. <laughs> um, and um, and um, he said, well, Louis, what have you got me in in a pub? It's my month off, right? <laughs> I'm back home. I don't want to be doing any work. And then he goes, and I said, well, tell us everything you know about Carlos and Hike Oposo. The Kaiser and his face lit up and he said, Now, in twenty one years of living in Rio de Janeiro, that is not just the best football story I've ever heard, it's the best story I've ever heard. Mm. Wow. And that's why we so, and we saw Tim for the premiere the other night and it was lovely to to to, to, to do a uh, to kind of square to square the circle as mm. it were. Yeah. Did you interview the Kaiser himself? Is he still alive? Yeah, yeah so Kaiser um sorry, Rob. Um Kaiser um uh we met Kaiser, and he—it's he, the world according to Kaiser, right? When when you met him, he's still a con man. He's trying to, and and in the film you'll see him trying to to pull the wool over our eyes. <laughs> and he sent us on a wild goose chase around around Rio. And and to put it in context, Rob's already mentioned the famous footballers, but we we're also interviewing mafia bosses. I mean, we got chased down by the mafia at one point during this 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 filming process. Um, chief of police. Um, I think the second day we were with a transgender stripper in a brothel who was claiming that she'd never had sexual relations with this man, and she was just using. <laughs> his name for, as a top footballer for her own publicity um it was absolutely crazy mm. we we actually had uh, a few funny incidents like when we met when we met him for the first time he was working in a gym in Botafogo so when we arrived we found out that he was engaged to two different women in the gym at the same time one that he trained in the morning one that he trained in the evening <laughs> wow God, yeah. what a character also, so I mean what, I mean did he did he want quite a lot of money uh, I mean originally was his original thinking I will do it but I want sort of Three hundred thousand dollars or something. No, he's actually pretty reasonable on it. Um, obviously, he gets a, a split of if mm. we do ever see any money off this, yeah. um, then he gets a split of it. It's his story, and that's only fair enough. Um, for him, it was about telling his story. Mm. So, I mean, eventually, uh, fake footballers have to retire too, right? So, you know, he's now fifty-five. He probably looks a little bit like a, 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 a I guess, an English version of Paul Gascoigne. He, lo- he doesn't look like he he, he used to. And he's a very good-looking man. Mm. Um, and you know, these, he built his life of these stories and, uh, and this character. So funny enough, I mean, like, I don't think you could do what he did today with the internet and stats and everything like that. And the likes of football manager and all the rest of it. Um, but funny enough, the internet's given him a second, a second life really. Mm. Mm. It's fascinating stuff. Um, where can people see the film? So they can go and see it. It's coming out on Thursday. It's going to be. Released obviously in this hot weather, you can go and see it in a nice air conditioned cinema somewhere mm. over the Perfect. weekend. Mm. So it'll be in most view cinemas and some picture houses as well. And obviously, we'd, we'd love it for, for it to do well this week. We hopefully will sell it out because if that happens, we should be getting some more screens on next week. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want a special QA, there's in, you're in London um, Thursday night at uh, Westfield, uh, White City, and Stratford, and Friday in Piccadilly. Uh, view so, and it'll be on digital download fairly soon. I yeah, fairly yeah. soon. We're going to see how it goes. Obviously, we're you know we're we're a small film coming up against the likes of Mission Impossible and Mamma Mia this weekend. So um, um, well, I'd you know. probably I'd go and see this first if it was me. But <laughs> then they're going to work for Talksport. Well, it, well, there you are. Well, maybe maybe <laughs> listeners on here have got uh, their yeah. their their other significant other asking them to go and watch Mamma Mia, and they can just slip in and watch this at the same time. <laughs> so if you know, you've seen enough idea. of the thirty-five <laughs> different iterations of Mission Impossible, this is something a bit different. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kaiser 2 will be interesting, yeah, yeah. or Kaiser 4. Is there, what, what's he make of the film? Has, has he seen the, the final cut? To be honest, he hasn't seen the final cut of it yet. Um, that's due to probably you know fairly dodgy eyesight on his behalf, mm. but also just because we haven't had a chance to go back to Brazil since we finished it because we're doing so much promo here. But him being him and him being, you know, the, the consummate con man, I'm sure that when he does see it, he'll be using it, uh, you know, Absolutely, to try and promote himself a little yeah. bit more. Well, he already is. I mean, it's it's, it's already appeared in newspapers all across the world, and um, they, the journalists always seem to find out Kaiser, and he still tells the same stories, and he's he's probably the best marketeer I've ever met. 
And there's a book of the film as well, isn't there? We should point yeah, out. there is. Yeah, which is written by the brilliant Rob Smythe, who writes for the Guardian. Obviously, mm. he wrote Danish Dynamite, which was a brilliant book. We interviewed a few different guys for the book, and all were very good. But you know, once we met Rob, mm. and obviously his understanding of the game at that time, and specifically, you know, in South American football at that time, plus just his his brilliant sense of humour as well, he was perfect for it. <laughs> There we are, that was this afternoon's show. I think the fight between you and our producer, if we, I mean, pay-per-view, I mean, they have limited appeal. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I'd go. I'd go. I'd, I think you'd sell at least, well, most of the office, few of the listeners. Yeah. I mean, I, but York, you... York Hall, maybe about, <laughs> you might get a 1,000 in one, if we really sold not it. a bad idea. Yeah. We both have to not wear our glasses, though. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> you wouldn't lay a glove on each other, would you? Just two men windmilling from a distance. Although, of course, our producer has trained his eyes to survive without glasses, glasses as he walks into another pole. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, we will see you tomorrow where Mike Parry launches his global Raise the Bar, seriously, Raise the Bar campaign. <laughs>